0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
1: Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. We have a great show for you today. We're going to get into how the Chiefs are affected by what's going on with the offseason schedule and the choices that other teams are making around the league. Then we have to cover some of the draft aspects and quite frankly, how the Chiefs can take their preferred offensive scheme and take it to new heights with some of the draft picks that they're going to have an option to acquire when they get into this draft here at the end of April. And we're going to finish up. Chris will join me again as we go over and take a look at around the AFC West what the Chargers have done that the team needs to be concerned about. I think that's going to be an enlightening piece. We're brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. We're going to get into this, but a couple of pieces that we're going to get started with before we get into uh, the draft Athleticism that I think is really going to play a key in what the Chiefs want to do uh, going forward is that uh, a number of teams are opting out of what is the voluntary portion of the OTA schedule, the off season, and the Chiefs have not made any kind of of decision here. But um, different groups, and backed by the NFLPA, these are player oriented decisions. These are not the organizations making the decisions. It is the player groups as a whole making decisions. About whether they want to participate in the voluntary portions of minicamp, uh, OTAs, you know the basic four phase that we go through every spring after the draft. And I think while I don't expect the Chiefs to make any kind of announcement uh, as a as a roster anytime soon, there are a couple of key takeaways, and that is that the Chiefs are one of the I think they're number two in the league with the number of players that they have that have workout bonuses built into their contracts. And what we got from the NFL just today was a memo about the fact that when it comes down to those workout bonuses, this is their quote-unquote statement, the payment per the CBA and individual player contracts for workout bonuses. Players' eligibility for bonus payment is determined by terms of the player contract. Now that is very, very vague and doesn't specify anything about virtuality versus volunteer versus in-person versus the mandatories. And I think those are all the things that are going to go into it. The Chiefs have 25 guys on this roster that have some kind of payment tied to their contract for the offseason OTA workouts. Um, the top being Frank Clark at 500000 That's a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, and includes Tyreek Hill at over three dollars Matthew, Travis Kelsey, and Mike Remmers are all over two hundred and fifty grand that are tied to doing those workouts that's going to be important for what goes on uh, in terms of making decisions for this roster bonus. Um, it's a situation that I think may lend itself to some, some grinding here. I hope that what the league will end up doing is allowing teams to make the decision, or, or rosters, that is, to make the decision to go virtual during the non-mandatory parts, come together for a mandatory veteran minicamp, get the thing done so that you can go take your vacation month and get back and ready for training camp. I think that's the way it'll end up. I think that's probably the best way for it to end up, and we're going to have to see if that actually comes to fruition. The only twist is that it's difficult for the rookies, and I do think that as we take a look, uh, we'll get into the draft here coming up in a bit, but the rookie class I think is going to be at a similar situation that last year's rookie class was, that it's difficult for them to make an impact as rookies because you don't have that training session. I think that's probably likely to go on one more year. And then hopefully, after the 21 season, you can get into 22 and have a normal OTA output. But that's only part of it. We're going to get into what this team can do to take their concepts to the next level coming in this NFL draft. And we're going to do that next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers. But RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. Now, one thing that has been such at the forefront of everything we've been talking about this offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs is that lingering, like, hurtful aspect of the Super Bowl and the tackles getting pretty beat up. Now, we have to remember, the tackles were both backups, but clearly it was an area that they needed to improve when they got to the point where they realized that Mitch Schwartz wasn't going to be back very soon and that Eric Fisher was going to miss a bunch of time in 2021, and they decided to part ways with both of them. They have or must have plans for that reconciliation, but that's not the only position on the offensive line that's really critical. We talked a few weeks ago about just what the possibilities were going into free agency, not just for the tackle position, but for what we'd seen in a chance for the Kansas City Chiefs to kind of change their philosophy up front in the hopes of taking advantage of what we expect for them to see, which is more uh, deep coverage, uh, more light boxes, etc., and what had been a slight trend in signing guys that wore a little bit more apt towards the power scheme in Coletia Assembly, in Dan Kilgore, um, and even the new acquisition in Kyle Long, who I think was always pretty good at the power game. Now, we have to leave out the fact that he is kind of a, a reset button right now because Kyle had to retire and then unretire, Um And so we can't say that his proclivities from his time in the league prior are going to be exactly what he is for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're just going to have to see what he is when he's on the field for them and go from there. But I will say this, the rest of the acquisitions, uh, including and most specifically Joe Tooney and bringing back Remmers for, for ostensibly to either lead at the right or take over in the case that Lucas Niang falls. I think those both kind of put that concept to pass and that I think that the Chiefs are going to stay with what the Chiefs have been over the last um number of years that Andy Reid regime has been in place here. And that is a zone run first inside, outside athletic based offensive blocking scheme. And that tells you that they want athletes at the offensive line positions. Power is a bonus, but they want athleticism. And I think that brings us to the fact that yes, there are athletic tackles in this draft. There are a number of them um, led by the way, by uh, Rashawn Slater who I don't think the Chiefs have any chance of, of actually getting to but there are a number of them. That's pretty typical for a draft class. The tackles are quite often some of the best athletes of all the, the offensive line, all the line period. And this year's a little bit different because yes, while the Chiefs still have to get that job done um, the elite of the tackles will, will be off the board long before they pick even if they move up. I think that's Uh, A pretty safe assumption that they're not going to move up to take the top tackle. That would be a ridiculous volume of draft capital in order to do that. But one place that they have not really upgraded, and this is no slight um, to the player they signed to come in and take over for the time being, um, and that is the center spot. Now, Austin Blythe is um, very similar to what I think Austin Ryder brought you. Uh, He is a little bit more powerful in the run game. I think particularly for the center that actually is important. But I want to give you guys a little bit of a preview because if you've checked out the athletic matrix over at rogueapc.com, it gives you the athleticism for all the players. Um, everybody that I have test data on that I've been able to go through. Um, and if you haven't checked that out, go over to rogueapc.com, check that out, grab one. Um, and if you use the discount code of Matrix, L O N, you can get that for a, a nice little chunk of change off of the uh, cover price. That said, if you haven't checked it out, that plus the production is what's going to go into the Rogue Analytics draft guide this year, just like always. And it's those numbers that when you put them all together between the athleticism and the productions, particularly in pass protection, whether it's the clean pocket percentage or whether it's how many snaps per pressure allowed that you get to, and most importantly, I think, for the offensive line, is the delineation. It's one thing to have a clean pocket. That means you didn't give up a pressure on said play. But it's also a delineation to say they allowed a pressure but didn't allow them to get home. And that is the percentage of sack given up per pressure. That changes things as well. When you put that all together, I want to give you guys a little preview for the center position specifically because they'll be mixed in with the offensive line. But of the top five prospects in this draft that completed the testing so that I have all the analytics on all of them. As I crunch the numbers of the top five, two are tackles. Three of them are centers, which means you have three options off the very top. And I will tell you this, uh, check out the draft guide when it comes out, because you're going to be surprised at what number six and number seven are, but three of the top five play the center position. And that means that you have athleticism baked in, And you have a guy that understands how to protect and was proficient at it. Not somebody that went out of their way and has the potential to be proficient at pass blocking, but somebody that can do the job day one and has everything that they need. The interesting part about it is these guys are going to go in what I think is a pretty drastic spread if what some of the prognosticators are correct. The top three are Quinn Miners. Wisconsin Whitewater of all places, and I know you don't know the name, that's all right. It's a smaller school, but he will make a bigger impact. Creed Humphrey of Oklahoma and Drew Dahlman of Stanford. Now, when you put all their their numbers together and you work out how athletic they are, and for me, the athletic matrix is about functional athleticism. It is not just a comparison to percentiles or anything like that. It's combinations of movement that allow players to do what they have to do on the field. That's why I built the business, and that's what it's based on. When you put all that together, you have athletes that can get the job done there, and they've got the technique to be proficient at the pass blocking. The interesting thing, again, is that those three come from very different backgrounds. Creed Humphrey has played a ton of snaps. And I think of the group is likely the best, least risk, etc. The best athlete of the three of them is Quinn Miners, though. And that's interesting because he comes from such a small school. With the level of competition, which is a legitimate question, that's perfectly fine. But he walked into the Senior Bowl and held his own. I think he's going to go at least a round behind Creed Humphrey. I know some people have him in top 50 picks. I have him right about between the 70 and 80 mark. So I think that's significant. And then if you drop down a little bit longer, I think there's definitely going to be a chance in the third, maybe even the fourth round, to, to select Drew Dahlman. And Dahlman played at Stanford, a cerebral guy who has also played a ton of snaps and has the athleticism to go with the fact that he can pass block. Now, this is a guy that is not as valued, quite frankly, I think, because of A, the program, and B, the couple of guys that he's been blocking for the last couple seasons. But that's not necessarily the only thing that's important. I think this allows any of these three guys in any point in the draft, which gives you a nice range from 40 all the way down to, I don't know, 120, 130. Select a center that can actually upgrade this offensive line, and I think that's important. This is going to be a key position going forward, and I'm looking forward to see what they do. We also have to see about what other teams are doing, and the next up is the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to get to that next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing, and Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here on the On Network, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 that features analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Fora, plus our local experts on every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts.
0: All right, so we've looked at the other two teams in the division, the Las Vegas Raiders, good grief, (laughs) and the Denver Broncos, and now we're going to be looking at the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm so proud of myself I got that right.
1: Well done. Uh, Yeah.
0: So let's look at who they've kept this season. Michael Davis, who's a corner.
1: Steven Anderson. signing in the the division. I just want to say that. He's a guy that I wanted to come to Kansas City if they were going to try to pick from another team. Fair enough.
0: Uh, Steven Anderson, Tavon Campbell, Brandon Faison, Ty Long, Michael Badgley, and Tyree St. Louis. That is the only players that they have kept that were free agents on their team. Uh, Melvin Ingram is still out there. Casey Hayward's still out there. Trey, Turner, Trey Turner's still out there. Mike Pouncey's still out there. Virgil Green, Damien Square, Forrest Lamp, actually, I believe signed. Uh, and I can't remember which team he signed with, but I'm pretty sure he signed this, uh, the past weekend. Ryan Groy, Jalen Watkins, Jaleel Adai, BJ Bello, Malik Jefferson, and Jeff Cotton are still free agents for the Chargers this year. They lost, or sorry, they gained Corey Lindsley, Jared Cook, Kyler Fackrell, Chase Daniel, Matt Filer, uh, Ryan Smith, from the Bucks, and that is who they have added. They did lo- they did lose Isaac Rochelle, Sam Tevy, Rashawn Jenkins, Dan Feeney, Denzel Perryman, Hunter Henry, Kalen Ballage, Tyra Taylor, Cole Toner, and Nick Vigil. The Chargers are going to be an interesting one for me this season because I think that. There's no question they have the second-best QB in the division, in my opinion. Um, and I think that they have a, a long way that they could go up if they can figure out their offensive line woes. Uh, because I think they do have some offensive weapons that can really give teams a hard time.
1: Mm-hmm. I like the Lindsley signing for um, yep. Justin Herbert, and I agree with you. I do believe he is the second-best quarterback in this league, in this division. Um, I think Jared Cook is a sneaky good signing for them, too. Um, could be, depends on, Henry? depends on
0: if he loses a step with his age.
1: True, but at least he knows where to be. And I think uh, Hunter Henry was on the upswing when he was on the field and couldn't get that done. I I feel like it's a bit of a swap, to tell you the truth, in terms of overall production. I think that that could be good for them. Um, I'm still questioning like how they're going to really put it all together on the other side. Uh, Bosa by himself without a bookend I think is going to be an interesting evolution for what is? Uh, I think they're going back to that that classic uh, cover three from what I read. Uh, that's going to be interesting because you got to get pressure, and who's going to be opposite him? Or is that exactly what they're looking for in this draft?
0: It could be what they're looking for. Melvin Nigram is still out there; they could bring him back. Um, I am kind of surprised they let Casey Hayward go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just would have figured that they would try to re-sign him, uh, but I can't imagine that he's going to be. That's another one, honestly, uh, and I know we're talking about the Chargers here, but honestly, I would not mind if Kansas City was able to get a deal done with Casey Hayward for cheap. That's a guy I would add. Yes, Breland really knows the system, but Hayward's been a very good corner in this league for quite a while. I think that that, is a va- that could be a great value signing at this point.
1: It could be. Familiar I'm not expecting go for a long to get way it to done.
0: Around. Yeah, it's true. I'm not expecting it gets done. I'm just saying that that's one I would look at. Um, I'm really still surprised that both of those guys are out there in free agents is, I guess, really where I'm going with that.
1: Yeah, no argument for me.
0: Uh, but they have to figure out their offensive line. They've got to find a way to protect Herbert. And if they can do that, then they're going to be a much better team than they have been in the past. But you're right. Defensively, they have questions, too.
1: And that's what it comes down to, right? Like, there's there's a lot of things to change. Can they get it all done? That's going to be the question mark. Like, this feels like a much bigger Um, organizational shift than the last time they they had a a new head coach come in.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. I think the interesting thing is, and this is the thing that we're not really talking about when it comes to the Chargers and their defense, is can their stud on the back end stay healthy? Because he changes their defense.
1: He absolutely does. Derwin James is an incredible talent.
0: Yep, but if he can't stay healthy, it's not going to matter.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, and
0: and I and, and please don't don't take that as me saying he's injury prone, but that's kind of the way it's starting to look
1: at this point. I, hey, the number of snaps you play in a season tells you whether you're injury prone or not. That, right, that is a fact. And at the end of the day, I like Desir Adderley. He was somebody that I I liked right up there with Juan Thornhill in their draft class. He hasn't obviously gotten the play in um in what was San Diego and now LA that might change and he might be on the upswing and he does have athleticism. I think he's got a nose for the ball at times as well. Um, I think that jump to the NFL level, certainly like caused him a couple of issues, but that's somebody um, that I think the chiefs are might end up having to target here when they come up. If James is on the field.
0: Yeah, I could see that, you know, honestly, I just, I look at this team and I just wonder the thing with the Chargers is everybody thinks that they're going to be doing so much better from year to year, and honestly, they're finally in a position where I think their QB isn't going to hold them back. I think with Phillip Rivers after years, I think I thought at least he was always holding them back in some regards. Don't get me wrong, he played well at times, but he took a few too many shots and was getting picked off a few too many times. But then the other side of it for the Chargers has always been, can they stay healthy? And that's not just Derwin James, it's the entire team. Uh, They have lost too many games to injuries over the past couple of years. And that's really what kept them from having a chance to challenge in the division. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at like a list of 20 players, Uh, 25, 30 players almost. Percentage of snaps. Uh, Now, granted, some positional stuff is is part of this, but there's only two players on this entire list of 30 that played 100% of the snaps last year. Both offensive linemen, both left guards, according to their positions on here. Uh, <laughs> then you only have then you have some other guys that are, you know, Michael Davis at CB played ninety two percent. Then you have the next highest is Rashawn Jenkins at eighty two point nine percent. I'm sorry, Sam Tevy played left tackle for eighty seven percent of the snaps. Then Rashawn Jenkins at safety. My point is, is you're not getting people that are playing the percentage of snaps that you need. Uh yeah, you're not going to get 100% of the snaps from some of these other people, but still, it's a huge deal.
1: It is. And at the end of the day, you got to figure that out and you have to have mainstays that yeah, you you always have to sub in for injury, but if you're constantly doing that, especially like in units like the offensive line where you have to have cohesion, not having those guys that put out 100% of the snaps is a big detriment. And I think at this point they're probably in a place where they got to get that turnaround. Maybe the coaching staff has something to do with it. We just don't know. Um, until that, uh, when everything starts up in June, how the Chargers are going to win this division? Just everybody remember, Chargers are still the Chargers until they prove they're not. Yep. So I'm going to feel comfortable with that.
0: Does, wanted, does it Doesn't matter that they moved to Los Angeles,
1: right? Geographically uh, relocating your your issue is t- is not still addressing it. So uh, let us know what you think. Leave us your opinion at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter or hit us in the iTunes reviews over there. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.